0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفا والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَكُونُوا مَعَ الصَّادِقِينَ وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of Deen, mothers and sisters, today is a very auspicious day. Many of us are perhaps fasting today because of the great virtue of fasting on this day. In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned that the one who fasts on the 10th of Muharram, the day of Ashura, this is a means of forgiveness of the sins of the past year. So some it's not farz, not wajib, many might be fasting. So we have fasted in order to achieve this great benefit and reward. Those who are not fasting... They too would be conscious of this. They too would be making dua to Allah for this forgiveness. So in any case, this is a very great occasion, a very auspicious occasion. Before the month of Ramadan, the fast of the month of Ramadan became compulsory. It was the fast of the 10th of Muharram that was compulsory. So from that also we gauge what a great day this is, that initially this was the one fast of the year that was compulsory. Then the month of Ramadan became compulsory. So, nevertheless, the virtue of this day is already with us. But at the same time, these occasions are occasions to reflect. They are occasions for us to think about, ponder, take the lessons that come from these occasions. We have heard the significance of Ashura, the various details that go with it. Every year we hear it, every year it comes again, and it's meant to be revised every year. It's meant to be reflected upon every year. So once again we would reflect upon it and think about it. On this occasion, one of the things that we have learnt many times is that it is makruh to fast only on the 10th. One should fast either on the 9th and 10th, so many who are fasting today would have been fasting perhaps yesterday as well, or the 10th and 11th of Muharram. So if somebody is fasting today but didn't fast yesterday, they should fast tomorrow as well. Why is this makruh to fast only on the 10th? So it is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that The Sahaba came to Rasulullah and said that we are fasting on the 10th of Muharram. This now happened while they were in Medina Munawwara, that we are fasting on the 10th of Muharram and the Jews are also fasting on this day. So, in other words, we are outwardly resembling them, whereas this was not even initially known that the Jews are fasting on this day. And the fast that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had asked the Sahaba to keep had nothing to do with the Jews. It was not in any way related to what they were doing. It was not taken because they were doing something. It was not even known. Now when this became known later on, so Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked them that why are you fasting on this day? So they replied and said that on this occasion, it was the 10th of Muharram, when Allah Ta'ala gave najat and salvation to Musa salatu wasalam, and the Bani Israel Allah Ta'ala saved them from the tyranny of Fir'aun and Fir'aun and his army were destroyed that happened on the 10th of Muharram so as a token of gratitude, as a thanksgiving to Allah Ta'ala, we fast on this day, Allah Ta'ala saved Musa salatu wasalam, and the Bani Israel on this day so Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa replied and said, Nahnu wa awla bi Musa minkum that your allegiance to Musa is merely in name. There's no reality in it. It's just namesake. And you do one, two things, and the rest of it you disobey him also. So that's just a namesake thing. We are in reality the ones who honor Musa and we have the very great and high regard for him. Every Nabi of Allah, we have Iman on them that they were the Anbi Ali, Musa they were the Rasuls and Messengers of Allah so all the Anbi Alim, all the messengers, we have Iman on them as well. This is part of our Iman and faith. Though the Shariat that we follow will now be only the Shariat of Rasulullah wasallam but we have the highest respect for all the Anbi Alim, So therefore, we are more worthy of Him than you are. And we are closer to Him than you are. So Nabi wasallam then said, in other words, we will also fast out of this thanksgiving. But it was not because of this initially. This was an added matter. This was something that was an add-on. But nevertheless, it was not left at that. Now that this became apparent that the Jews are also fasting on this day, now this became apparent later, it was not initially known. That's a very important point to bear in mind. That despite the fact that it was not even initially known that the Jews are also fasting on this day, And the fast that was being kept by the Muslims had nothing to do with the Jews. But despite that, Rasulullah still said to them, Now what you do is, said to the Muslims, you fast one day before or one day after as well. So what will this achieve? What is the purpose of this? The purpose of this is that now the outward resemblance also has been broken. You don't resemble them outwardly also. In reality, you were never resembling them, because you weren't doing it for because they were doing it. So in reality, there was no resemblance. But there was now an appearance of a resemblance, an outward resemblance. So even now, this outward resemblance will no more be applicable. This is the lesson that we get from this Hadith shari very clearly. Now on this occasion of 10th of Muharram on Ashura, These are very important lessons for us to take, to reflect upon. In Deen, nothing is just a mere ritual, just something to go through the motions and there is no significance to it, there is no ibrah to take from it, there is no real, uh, something to take in a very real manner. No, 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 there is no such situation in Deen. Everything has a tremendous significance, everything has great lessons for us in it. And everything, we have to bring the spirit and the essence of it alive. Unfortunately, by and large, our a'mal have become just lifeless. Illa masha'allah, Those whom Allah Ta'ala has blessed with that reality. Otherwise, our a'mal are generally life- lifeless. Salah is like a mechanical performance. Person is standing, went into ruku, went into sajda, made qada, salam, finished. But that consciousness, I'm standing in front of Rabbul Alameen. I'm standing in front of the creator of the universe. I'm going to be talking to Allah Ta'ala. I'm going to be communicating with Allah Ta'ala through the recitation of the Quran Sharif, the Tasbihat, etc. I'm going to be praising the the creator of the universe and who who is my sustainer, my nourisher, my creator. I'm standing in front of that being. And I am going to be talking to him. So that realization, that consciousness, unfortunately, is very, very little. Some people, Allah Ta'ala is blessed, mashallah. Otherwise, by and large, very little or hardly anything. Almost nothing. So now this lifeless manner in which the sarah is performed that is not going to derive the full benefit of that salah. The obligation, the fars will get fulfilled, Alhamdulillah, that too is a very great thing. But the type of benefit that the Sahaba got out of their salah, the pious personalities in every era got out of their salah, where the salah connected them to Allah, the salah made them totally conscious outside salah as well. The salah became a means of them progressing at every step, Unfortunately, because of our half-hearted salah and our haphazard salah, we don't achieve that benefit. A person has just performed salah and the person is now indulging in some haram. The person just performed salah and is lying. Performed salah, making ribat. Just performed salah and is now indulging in looking at some haram, talking some haram. So the salah yet did not have its effect because the salah was so lifeless And if it was a salah that was filled with that spirit of it, then the effect of that salah would be after the salah also the person would have been very conscious. How can I speak like this? How can I do this? How can I go there? Meaning places of haram, or looking at haram, speaking haram. It will make the person very conscious. In the hadith sharif, it comes that salah, salah guards a person from sins. But now obviously, Just to understand it as an example, you have a guard, but the guard is half dying. Now, he's supposed to be looking after your house, he's supposed to be looking after the business, he's supposed to be looking after the car or whatever the case is. So, he's sitting there, but he's like 3 quarter dead, 90% dead and maybe his eyelids are moving a little bit and some barely can make one-two sounds and maybe one-two other movements. Now he's supposed to be the guard, he's supposed to be guarding the house, guarding the whatever place he's supposed to be guarding. What kind of guarding he's going to do? He might not be able to chase a fly away from his head. Where he going to chase some thief? So this is the way to understand it that Salah guards a person from sin, provided that that Salah is Salah. So we have to make our Amal full of that spirit by increasing this fervor of Iman, by increasing the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, then our amal will become very, very strong. That devotion, that concentration will come alive. But that requires the sitting, thinking, pondering, reflecting, making this muhasaba. What kind of salah am I performing? Why am I doing this? How can I perform such a haphazard salah? In front of Allah Ta'ala, I'm worshipping Him, and I went about it in this very haphazard way, up, down, just not bothered, just reading haphazardly, racing through it, not making this, fulfilling the postures correctly in the Sunnah manner. How am I going to stand up in front of Allah on the day of Qiyamat? How am I going to be able to answer for all this? So, this is the thing to reflect on. And inshallah, upon reflecting constantly and then making an effort and trying to improve the salah, bringing that life and soul and spirit into the salah, inshallah soon we will get to that end result. So likewise, are these occasions, like this fast, mashallah, or the other aspects of these Mubarak occasions, one is we just go through it, go through the motions, we do it, mashallah, that too is a great thing that a person fasts, the person has done whatever the amalah, but there is more to it, there is more to take from it, and therefore we need to become conscious of this. What is to be taken from this? One is the aspect of Gratitude. To be grateful, to be appreciative. Nabi wa also said, No, we will also fast as a token of thanksgiving. We are more closer to Musa. Wa we are more worthy of him than you. So, your issue is just namesake. We will do it in reality. We have been taught the aspect of gratitude. We must be grateful. Allah ta'ala loves those who are grateful. And those who don't show gratitude, whether it is at home to our parents, to our siblings, to our family members, whether it's in a madrasa, to our teachers, to others who are involved in the process of giving us this talim, we have to show gratitude to everybody. We have to express it. We have to make dua, show this gratitude by making dua for them. This is the manner of expressing this gratitude also. So, One very important lesson is this gratitude that we must be grateful to Allah must be grateful to him for all his bounties. The other very important lesson here was this lesson of Mukhalifatul Yahud, opposing the Jews. Now as we understood earlier that the fast was not being kept because of the Jews, they weren't even aware the Jews were keeping it. But even the outward resemblance was not tolerated that no don't even outwardly tolerate them uh, resemble them you fast an additional fast now this is the point for us to reflect on that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam discouraged even that outward resemblance he didn't leave room for that as well outward resemblance nothing in the heart nothing intended but there's an outward resemblance now let us stop and reflect on this the outward resemblance with the Yehud and Nasara, how much of it is in our lives? And the one very important aspect that we keep talking about, which is a very, very important aspect, which is unfortunately often just brushed aside and just uh, just put aside that, well, this doesn't really now apply to us. We are living in a different time and age. Whereas we are living still in the same Shariat. We are living maybe Many years after the Sahaba Ikram, but we are living the same Shariat, and the same Shariat will be till Qiyamat. There won't be any change in it. The same Qur'an Sharif, the same Hadith Sharif, the same Sunnah, we'll be living the same thing. So, what applied to the Sahaba Ikram, will apply to us also in terms of the commands, in terms of what we should be doing, what we should not be doing. So this emulation, this resemblance of the Yehud and the Sara, is an extremely uh, important issue that in other words is very, very crucial that we should not resemble them in any way. We should not emulate them in any way. So now, the v- one topic that we said which we keep talking about, which is very important also, is the aspect of dressing. Let us reflect how closer has the dressing of our mothers and sisters come towards the Yahud and Nasara? Or how much closer has it become towards the Sahabiyat? The Sahabiyat are a very, very high level away. Let alone the Sahabiyat, we have gone far away from even the level of haya in dressing that our grandmothers or great-grandmothers had. Many a times now when you talk about mothers or grandmothers, so somebody might respond and say, no, my grandmother also wears this kind of clothes. My mother also wears jeans. So now that's another whole chapter now. That's another whole disaster and tragedy. So now you have to talk about that level now, that the grand, great-grandmother. So generally 90% of those who are in this time and age, the great-grandmothers, the level of haya that they had, we can't even compare any bit of it. So now, how much has the clothing moved closer to them or moved closer to the West? And what is this movement to the West all about? It is resembling them. It is emulating them. And who is the West all about? The Yahud and Nasara. They have created the styles and these fashions and all these things that go along with it. Now, is this in keeping with the spirit of the Hadith Sharif, the teaching of Rasulullah ﷺ, when Nabi Wasallam did not even allow the outward resemblance to remain in the aspect of the fasting of the day of Ashura. That, no, you keep two fast. And this will remain till Qiyamad. So how can we then deliberately, outwardly resemble the Yahud and Nasara in our actions, in our ways, in our habits, in our dressing, in the things we do, how we do, how we do it. No, we have to be far away from this resemblance we have to have the resemblance of a Muslimah. Indoors, outdoors, wherever, we must have the resemblance, the clear resemblance of a Muslimah, of somebody who is a believer, who has Iman, who has Islam. We must not resemble those who have Kufr in their hearts. We must not resemble the Yahud, the Nasara. We must not resemble them. In the time and age that we are living in, many times this becomes regarded as that now this is bigotry, this is hate speech, and all kinds of stories. It's not hate speech. We don't hate anybody. We don't hate anybody, but we detest that which Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has given us clear guidelines that this is wrong. We detest that. So whatever action it is, whoever is doing it, we will detest it. So if something has come from the side of the Yahud and Nasara, we're not going to take it wholesale. We're not going to take it if it resembles their ways, their specific ways, their specific styles, it does not conform to the dictates of Haya, we won't take it. Because we have to protect our Iman, protect our Amal, protect the, our Deen. Tomorrow on the day of Klamath and in fact before that already in the Qabar and even before that, when the time of our death is approaching, and when we are now passing from this world, at that time the Yahud and Nasar are not going to come to help us. At that time we are going to have to be very firm in our deen to pass through that situation without any problem. So we need to take this lesson very deeply. Ponder over the kind of clothing that we adopt on the weekends maybe, at home, how we dress. What is, is this resembling the and the or not? So if it is, if it is their styles, this jeans and t-shirt disaster style, If it is there, then how can we follow it? How can we adopt it? This is wrong. So we should totally refrain from it. So this is an extremely important aspect that we need to ponder over. We need to think deeply about. This comes every year. This occasion of Ashura comes every year. And every year this is becoming a highlight. This becomes a lesson. That look, watch out for this. Don't become... A person who is resembling, who is emulating the West, the Yahud and Nasara. So, on this occasion, one is to take the benefit of fasting. Mashallah, excellent. Allah Ta'ala give us the full reward. Allah Ta'ala forgive our sins. But at the same time, we need to take this message as well and refrain totally from all these things that become a means of resembling the Yahud and Nasara. Then together with this, the other very important aspect to bear in mind is that despite all the challenges that the Bani Israel faced, but Musa always kept on telling them that you have taqwa and adopt sabr, fasbiru aqibata you adopt sabr, the end result is for those who have taqwa. The good end result is for the people of taqwa. Repeatedly, this message of taqwa, the message of that a person should now stay onto the path of deen, in this way, a person will gain the good of dunya and akhirat. So this is the aspect again that we need to reflect on, that to what extent we are adopting taqwa, to what extent we are adopting sabr, this is the prescription for the problems Taqwa and Sabr Taqwa and Sabr This is the prescription Allah Ta'ala has given Innahu may wa yasbir Fa Allah la yudhi'u ajral muhsinin Those who adopt Taqwa and adopt Sabr Allah Ta'ala won't allow the Rewards of those who do good to go in vain Allah Ta'ala will reward Tremendously in dunya already And akhirat is beyond imagination so mashaAllah many have been fasting, many are perhaps fasting. Allah Ta'ala accept each one's fast, Allah Ta'ala accept one and all. Allah Ta'ala make us among those who appreciate these great opportunities to turn to Him again, to cleanse ourselves, to become His obedient and pious servants. And may Allah wa Ta'ala keep us with Iman, take us with Iman, and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِي الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ Allahumma الْعَالَمِينَ اللَّهُمَّ اللهم لا نحصي نحصيثنا عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزال الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هبلنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم اغفر لنا ولوالدينا ولأساتذتنا ولمشايخنا ولأحبابنا ولمن له حق علينا ولمن أحسن إلينا ولمن أوصانا بالدعاء اللهم اغفر لأزواجنا وذرياتنا وإخوتنا وأخواتنا وأزواجهم وذرياتهم وأعزتنا وأقاربنا ولتلامذتنا ولتلاميذهم ولجميع المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الأحياء منهم والأموات إنك سميع قريب مجيب الدعوات اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه الجمعين والحمد لله رب